Welcome to episode number 126 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. I am your host, Cole Ross, and I am joined over Skype today by... Dennis Furia. Thank you so much, Dennis, for joining me on this, a fun-sized edition of our program. Um, unfortunately, the others couldn't join us, and we're both on relatively short timetables. So today, the itinerary is we're just going to talk about what we've been playing. You know, we'll see how long that takes us, and uh, we'll be back for more uh, uh, full-length uh, ventures in the future here. So Ventures. Um, ventures, yeah. yeah. Let's call them ventures. I like it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's an it's a podcasting initiative here on DTR. <laughs> yeah, yes, <sighs> I like that. That makes us sound so professional. I feel like, you know, we've we've got the we've got these tuxes now with the wedding clothes, so it, we should be like podcasting in suits. Yeah, no, we're, I mean we're going to get into, we're going to get into consulting. Um, I would say these aren't episodes; they're solutions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Could we sound more asinine? I'm trying to think of a way, and I'm, I'm really not sure. Well, you're more tapped into the corporate uh, uh, nothing speak, right? Oh, we haven't hit synergize. We're going to oh, synergize no. with other podcasts. Uh, every, <laughs> well, we're on a network, listening. so we're going to establish we're, we're okay. going to establish synergy between all, all of the you know, the entire Duckfeed brand. Uh-huh. Oh man! Speaking of initiative, why don't we get started? I think we're just getting started with, with what we've been playing, right? This, yeah, this is, this is a this is a quickie, no foreplay, just yeah. Let's just, just let's just do it. No subtlety. Let's just jam it in. Come on, man. Tell yeah. me what you've been playing. Tell me. Speaking speaking of no subtlety, um, <laughs> I've been playing Devil May Cry three again. Oh, and uh, that that is just the most you know in your face uh, attitude character of all, Dante. <laughs> and uh, you know, I have to say, I have to call complete. BS on the developers of the uh, DMC reboot that's coming out. I was going to ask you what, what what your feelings were on that. Um, I I was I was skeptical. Like it, it 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 acted like Dante, but it looked like a bitch. So <laughs> you know, I'm 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 not sure what to make out of that. You know, but are, are you you're, you're referring specifically to his redesign or the, the redesign? Yes, the redesign. It, as an it's because it honestly it, I'm not sure what exactly it is with the swoopy bangs and all that stuff. So are, are you um are are you of the camp that are are you in the camp that believes that by changing his hair from white to black they 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 ruined it? Not so much. I I, I almost think it's a given that it's going to change to white at some point during. Yeah. This- you know, they, they apparently. You know, I, I never played the first game, but the first game is apparently kind of a has a bit of origin story to it. You know, him and him discovering his demonic powers and what have you. Then obviously the third game is an even more of an origin story. <laughs> and now they're going back. They're like, how, how many times back can we take this? And you know, each. I feel like you got to do something to make it an origin story. And since we've already told it twice. They're going to tell the origin story of his hair. That's all they've got left. That's yeah. the only thing they haven't done yet. So his character, not just because of the hair, but because of everything, just mm-hmm. does not do it looks wise for me. Mm-hmm. However, the like I said, the way it acted was uh, was classic Dante. But the the thing I have to take issue with after going back and playing Devil May Cry three is the developers hardcore said you know the reason that we're changing it up so much is that. Dante is the definition of cool. You know, that's his character. And the definition of cool has changed since, uh, what year did Devil May Cry 3 come out? Devil May Cry 3 was like 2004. 
Okay, so since 2004, the definition of cool has evolved, and so Dante's character uh, must evolve with that definition. Okay. And I call BS. Like, I, playing the first five levels of Devil May Cry 3, Dante's freaking cool, man. It's, it just it, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't wear, it doesn't tarnish. Uh, the game still has just that vibe to it. Maybe it's the corner that I'm playing it in, corner of the room. <laughs> um, but it's the character has staying power, and it's just enjoyable. I probably enjoy the cutscenes in Devil May Cry 3 more than any other uh, video game that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's the only game I can think of where I've, I've turned on the system for the sole purpose of going back and watching some of the cutscenes. That's cool. Does, does it make it easy for you to do that? Yeah, they. Uh, I, I've got the special edition, mm-hmm. which has a. They they give it some weird name. It's like the. Uh, it, it doesn't have any. The name doesn't have anything to do with film, uh, or like highlight reels or, or cutscenes or anything like that. It's like the. It's like the flicker fuselage or something like that. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, you can just go back in and, and select cutscenes. But my favorite one, and I haven't gotten to it on this playthrough yet, is the uh, the big fight scene that kind of introduces Lady's character. And that is just one of the most badass things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing it through on hard. Because I, what I realized after I, I loaded my years old save data is that I'd, I'd never beaten the game on hard mode. Oh, this is a problem for you. Yeah. I, uh, and I don't think it was because I wimped out uh, or hit a, hit a difficulty curve or anything like that. I, I seem to remember that I, I had leveled up Swordmaster all the way and that I wanted to level up Gunslinger as well. And so I was kind of going back through and I was kind of in this exploration mode of, of figuring out all the different, uh, what do you call them, traits, I guess, that you can give Dante? The stances. The stances, you... yes. Yeah. Thank you. See, so, so, so you can level up the stances then? Like, like Is it like a, like a tech tree, skill tree kind of thing? Um, I mean, you don't have any choice. It's just, you know, the, the, as you use a style, um, or a stance, it gets oh. more powerful. Okay. Uh, and so you're, you know, basically it equates to doing more damage. Um, or if you're, I think the trickster, uh, being able to do more like dodges in a row. Yeah. Um, but so if I, I remember vaguely going back through and, and trying to, uh, to level up gunslinger, but sword master is where my heart is at. <laughs> So I started playing that through, and I, I I was impressed by how easily I blew through the first five levels, um, and it was uh you know it, it, the combat was still fun, it was still hard, but I found myself focusing more on trying to get my stylish meter high mm-hmm. than trying to survive, and I you know I remember the boss fights being absolutely terrifying, uh, my first playthrough of the game, just trying to survive these things, um, and feeling like these bosses were invincible, and it took me forever to beat them. And here I am going through on hard mode now. Uh, maybe my skills have evolved. I don't know. <laughs> just kind of just kind of blowing through the first five levels. I, I got a little stuck on um, – have you played the game? No, I have not. I have played uh, um, uh, the first half of Devil May Cry 1. Okay, so. okay. Well, it's a, it's a great game. But I, I, the second boss that you get a weapon from, um, Agni and Rudra, hmm. uh, gave me a little bit of trouble. But other than that, uh, I, I, I was impressed. The game is legendary for its difficulty. And uh, I, I haven't found it that difficult so far. So I, I'm going to account that to my tremendous skill. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not trying to diminish your skill, but um, you know, with the, with those with action games in particular, you know, if you spend enough time on it, it's kind of like riding a bike. You know? Oh yeah. Well, that's yeah, and I I, uh, I I was impressed with the number of combos that I remembered. 
Because it's all, it's all, you only have one button for swinging your sword, and it's all based on the timing of those button presses. Well, well it's, it's all about juggling, right? Like you, most of the attacks that you do, they manage the movement of the enemy in some way. Right, right, right. And it, for for me, uh, yeah, you, you can launch them up into the air. That's I, I probably haven't relearned that quite yet. But it's also a manage of when you want to focus in on one enemy um, by locking onto them, and when you just kind of want you want to let your attacks uh, free roam to do a little bit of uh, crowd management. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, it's a ton of fun, and it's it's probably the the tightest combat controls that I've seen in an action game. They're just incredibly responsive, um, and you know you you always feel like you're in control of your character and you know none of the none of the deaths uh or the the damages i haven't died that much but you know, none of the times that i got owned <laughs> have felt like uh you know uh flukes or anything like that i i've always understood how it was my fault and how i could do it better so right have uh have you heard of a game called el shaddai Yes, I, I played the demo and I, I didn't like it. Oh, okay, because it's made by um, some people from the Devil May Cry team. Really? Yeah, it's made by it's made by uh, I think one of the people who did art direction for Okami. Okay, um, yeah, I, I yeah. love the art direction. Yeah, that's just cool. But the combat just felt I, I couldn't get the hang of it. And one thing that I didn't like in El Shaddai was if, when you kill an enemy. I forget it was if you if you like kill them with a certain finishing move or if you like run over them once you kill them you pick up their weapon yep and there's one weapon that I just did not like but all the enemies had it <laughs> and I would keep on picking up this weapon by accident no no and then there's no way to just switch back to your old weapon you have to keep that weapon until you kill someone else with it and so Gross. that just it, it was frustrating yeah but it, it looked cool I was just curious since we were in that vein <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, Devil May Cry 3 is your consummate uh, action game, and uh, it's it's a ton of fun. So if any of you have PS2s and a little bit of free time, hit it up. Um, now, if you have a lot, a lot of free time, <laughs> um, pick up Stella Days, which is the other game I've been playing. Um, that game, it's, it's the first um, tactics game that I've ever played, like strategy tactics game. Tactics being a grid-based, turn-based um, role-playing game. Right, exactly. It was and, developed um, by Atlas. It was a yeah. PlayStation 2 game. Yep, and that's actually what attracted me to it. Is I was looking for Xenosaga because I was in the mood for an RPG and I heard Xenosaga was good. Couldn't find it, but while digging through the bargain bin, found this uh, weird-named game that was by Atlas. And I was like, hey, I, I like Atlas. I'll... I'll try this game. And uh, I've enjoyed this, except for I I came very quickly to the realization that anyone who has played this kind of game comes to, which is everything takes frickin' forever. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so that's that's been, I I think I've, I've played the first five battles, and they're, you know, still very much kind of tutorial style, and it's taken me, you know, I've invested a good three and a half hours in the game. And that, that that's not so much a thing of the genre either. That's a that's a Japanese role playing game thing. Uh fair, fair. It is a very Japanese game, very anime game. I, I, that's actually a strength of it though. Is I really like the um, the art style. So the Valkyria Chronicles, that kind of anime cel shaded style. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot like that, and it's it works very well. Like, what's the progression system? Because I know that most. Uh... Most of those games, they, they they favor like a class-based progression. Is is there like a job system where you can pick your guys and you know and and say, okay, you're going to be my healer, you're going to be my damage dealer, you're going to be you know a specialty like that kind of thing? 
Yeah, so far the it seems like they've the classes have really been kind of pigeonholed. Okay. Um, you don't really get to choose who does what. The characters that I've had so far, um, at least, have very clearly defined roles. Um, so you've got your main guy, you've got kind of your tank, you've got your caster, your magic mage, I guess, um, and you've got your healer. So they're very um, stereotyped in that way. You don't get a lot of freedom. The progression is actually pretty elementary, and... Um, the you know af, as you get experience points you can go in and buy new skills or pay to increase your stats okay and for you can in, increase any stat on any person but each person has a unique set of skills that you can buy and so obviously i could i could level up the power um physical power on my mage all the way and keep on buying stat points there but it's really not going to benefit me that much because all of her skills are are magic based okay so it, you know there's Yes, freedom in the way that you level them up, but it's just not always wise okay. to do it one way or the other. Um, so, so, so they're locked into what they do by narrative, then. Oh, uh, yeah. At least in this point in the story, because okay. obviously I'm very, very early on. Um, the narrative, though, is actually one of its strengths, uh, and this is this is mostly based on my limited experience and reviews I've read of the game. What I've what I've heard about the game, uh, I actually. Didn't know a thing about it, bought it, not knowing anything about it, and then went and read all the reviews. So, you know, the conversation we've had before about reading reviews to confirm your uh, post-rationalize, we'll say, yeah. your decisions. I like that. Um, I like that. Post-rationalize. Yeah. So it, basically what the review said is, you know, it's it's too simplistic, but the story and music are great. The music is by the same guy who does Final Fantasy XII. And, uh, oh, yep. You just uh, – you just uh, – oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, those are the story's strengths. And basically what the review said um, was, you know, if this is your first time trying this kind of game, it'll be great for you. But for anyone who's got their feet in the water before, it's going to be too simple. So I was like, okay, well, that's the game for me. Mm-hmm. It's fun in that it's got the turn-based structure that I like in RPGs. Uh, I liked Final Fantasy X. So, um, you know, kind of managing where uh, in the progression your characters will fall. Uh, in order to you know maximize your effect, this one puts even more of a focus on it. Um, in that, based on how much how many action points you use, you can have a very great effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and your action points always reset to a hundred, so it, it favors making small moves leading up to kind of a large finisher, um, rather than kind of spending all your points uh, on your first turn. So there's there's a lot of kind of management there that I've enjoyed. But it definitely moves very, very slow. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's to its detriment or not. So the, the, the slowness. It seems to have grabbed your attention. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. Now that I'm playing Devil May Cry three, it's like I don't know if I, I, I you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other. I was um, gonna say, God. Yeah, but so you know, if I, if I, um, maybe have it time on a on a vacation or something like that, you know. I definitely go back to it. So, I that that was how I did Final Fantasy X. Was just played it over Christmas break, yeah. And uh, I could see this a similar thing. Me investing a good amount of time in a game like this over like a, a break like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's what I've been playing. Fantastic. Well, let's go from one Deus to the other. Um, I played a oh, little bit really? of Deus. I played a little bit of Deus Ex: Human Revolution. 
Nice. Um, just a you know caveat here. I I didn't play enough of it in order to you know make any very complete or intelligent thoughts. Okay. Um. Just it, it didn't work out to where I, I got a lot of hands on time with it. I intend to in the future, but I'll, I'll you know I'll kind of give you some of my impressions. First off, your character Adam, uh, mm-hmm. he is very poorly voice acted. I've heard that. <laughs> um, Is he, it like just overly macho or what? He has the uh, the masculine Keanu Reeves whisper. It's <laughs> like, I never meant to die. I never meant for you to bring me back. But now that I'm a machine, I am going to control evolution and make right what I did wrong. And he does. He does it like that. And be Batman just, essentially. Not, not even like Batman. Like Batman was was bad enough to be like you know like it was it was almost like self parody. You okay. know, because Batman is like, I am the Knight. Yeah, whereas yeah. this, whereas this is like, I kind of whisper because I'm, you know, I feel like I'm cool. And I've, I've, I, you know, I'm so cool. I've got shades <laughs> that are built right into my head. You know, of course. <laughs> um, so that's that. That's my one big knock against it. Other purely superficial things. The design mm-hmm. is amazing, and I knew this going into it, looking at the at the assets and you know concept art. It really is a a, a beautiful game from from a visual design standpoint. Really? What are you, um, what are you playing it on? Uh, Xbox 360. I mean, it, not even like technically either. I was going to say, it's, it's available on Xbox 360. Is it available on PS3? And I assume it's available on P, on PC. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, all the all the high-definition stuff. Okay. I, I mean, it, it, it looks good. I, I didn't see any, you know, real, uh, you know, problems with the technical presentation, at least on the 360. Um, but just the, 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 the character design and the and kind of the... the, the the cinematics and the costume design. Like when do you ever talk about the costume design in a game, but it was effective and, uh, and, and I liked it and I, I kind of regretted not being able to see more of it. Um, but talking a little bit about the, about the gameplay quote unquote, even though I hate that word. Um, I only got to play the first couple of missions and, uh, I opted for the nonviolent approach, uh, just because I was hoping that when they said, you'll be able to play this game without killing anybody. They meant you'll be able to talk your way out of situations uh-huh. as opposed to you're going to be hiding behind crates a lot. <laughs> so which is it? Which is it? Uh, so, uh, as far as I've seen it and from, from what I've seen and that may change because there is, you know, a dialogue system and it kind of does harken back a little bit to Deus Ex one and vampire masquerade bloodlines and all of that. I'm hoping that later on it opens up like that, but I spent a lot of time hiding behind crates <laughs> now to the game's credit. The hiding behind crates is actually good. It's probably the best first-person stealth that I've seen. Really? In, in that, you know, when you when you are locked up against something, it goes away from being first-person, and it, and it goes to third-person, and it shows you, you know, basically being able to look over your cover, and you can, you know, peek out and all of that. So there's, there's, a, there's a very fine degree of control. And from looking at the tech tree, you're actually able to buy augments that lets you see like your enemy's line of sight and actually be able uh-huh. to see like where they last saw you kind of like in splinter cell conviction okay so it, it looks like they're making that a very viable form of play it does great first person stealth by doing third person stealth it yes. sounds like <laughs> yeah that's great that's Which, awesome you know, I, I don't know if I don't think that's a problem because it's an elegant way to you know to to solve it. You know, there are games that have done pure first person stealth. I'm thinking specifically of the Chronicles of Riddick game, which did it very well. But I don't know if that implementation would have been good for this because the level design is very different. 
Okay, yeah, I, I played that game, and uh, it, it was alright as long as you kept the difficulty low. It became impossible the second you put the difficulty up high. Yeah, the best parts of that game, the Butcher Bay part anyway, mm-hmm. were the, uh, you know, walking around in the prison yards and all that. And when oh, you yeah. didn't have guns and you were doing the first person uh, melee, that was amazing. But For sure. Digression. <laughs> uh, but uh you know it, it it forces you to make a decision very early on like do you want to take the violent approach or do you want to take the 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 non-violent approach and i chose non-violent they said okay well do you want to be long range or do you want to be short and i chose long range and i got a, a sniper rifle that shot tranquilizer darts nice. is this is this like a um menu tree or is this in game choices like dialogue dial oh okay i gotcha yeah. Like you're you're on your way to a mission, and the story looks good. You know the it's 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 presented, you know, pretty well. Uh, you know, first person kind of stuff. Uh, watching other okay. people talk like a like a Half Life kind of thing almost. It's very tasteful. Um, the only problem that I saw with the cinematics, uh, at least so far, is that the lip sync is really bad, especially uh, coming off of games that do lip sync and facial animation really well. Um, like obviously LA Noir, that, that, that was pretty much the entire point of LA Noir. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, the, the, anything that tries to do like role-playing action will be compared to Mass Effect 2. That's not just me with my <laughs> erection for Mass Effect 2, but uh-huh. compared to Mass Effect 2, the, 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 the interaction and the character, uh, um, animation and not as good as it could have been, but, okay. okay. you know, so is that, is that forgivable given other elements of the game? I'd say so, yeah. Um, and again, again, caveat, I only played a couple of hours of it, so I, I, I'm not able to tell you what happens with it later on, you know. And and hearing other people talk about it, it does, you know, it, it does open up a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, uh, I actually happen to know that Monty Smith is, uh, is uh, playing this as well. Okay. So I, I, I'm really sad he's, he's, uh, he's driving to Alabama right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Or uh, rather Louisville and then to Alabama tomorrow, but... Um, so he, he he told me um, earlier today. He's like, I'm really sad I can't be on the show because I have a game that I really like to talk about instead of just being like complaining about like a, like he did last week. So <laughs> neat. Well, we'll hear we'll, we'll hear more about it from him because I'm sure that he will have uh, spent more time on it. Do you have any Do you have any questions about uh, about it? I, I at this point I would recommend it at least to try it out. Okay. If, and then if, did you did you play the first Deus Ex? Yes, I did play the first Deus Ex. Okay, uh, how do they compare? What, what would you say are the biggest differences? It's it's difficult to say. I would say that the first ASX, it was such a novelty mm-hmm. that I, I, I have difficulty... It, it, it's it, it's difficult to look back on it and compare it to what this would have been today. It's definitely more directed. Okay. Um, this, 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 this one is. But that's just, that's just by virtue of the... Uh, of the you know the game design conventions changing between then and now because back then it was like well here you go whereas this <laughs> one you know this one it gives you the tutorial that you walk through and it you know kind of it, i get the impression that it's going to ease you in and kind of show you know hold your hand just a little bit before it really goes balls out with yeah. uh with the customization whereas the first one it, it really was a product of its time uh maybe heading to where we're at today but mm-hmm. yeah are there any games that don't do tutorials anymore? Like, I feel like everything's got that uh, kind of forced <laughs> and practice mission. And it's unskippable. Oh, yeah. And I have I have a love-hate relationship with them, honestly, because there's a lot of information that I would love to be able to just get out of the manual. 
but mm-hmm. either a games aren't shipping with manuals anymore or the people who are designing them are rightly assuming that consumers don't read <laughs> yeah which which is sad because i've got kind of a fetish for <sighs> game manuals that was that was a great thing about breaking out these ps2 games is they've all got like full-fledged manuals with its own artwork and all this stuff and yeah, that's that's really like part of my pregame ritual, <laughs> if you if you will, no pun intended. And that and that game and that goes back to the days where probably the the the, the drive back from the store to <laughs> your house was just unbearably long, no matter how far away the store was from where you were at. Uh-huh. And like the second you got in the door, you were going to put that game in and play it. You know, if, if that was at all an option for you. But uh, for the car ride, that manual was, you know, your that 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 was your lifeline to to, to how you're going to be spending your evening. Yeah. Just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read up everything. I practically learned to read specifically so I could read. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll I'll do you one better. Do you want to? Since it's just the two of us girls yeah. here. Um, <laughs> no, you, you want to learn something about me? The first game that I ever. Uh, was in possession of or owned um, was I, I, I was going to get a PS1 for my birthday, I knew, and it was like three weeks before I was at a friend's house and I borrowed uh, Aspire the Dragon from him. Yeah. And then for three weeks could not play it because I didn't have the system yet. All I had was the game manual and I had that sucker memorized. By the time my birthday ran around, I just spent like every day I'd get done with school and read the manual. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was, and I, that was, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm having a flashback now. <laughs> Um, I didn't know that the controllers vibrated, and so like the first time I hit a wall and my controller shook, I nearly jumped out of my seat. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, did you did, did you run and grab somebody and show it to him? Oh yeah, my okay. brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, this was this was the news of the century. But I again digression. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, we have a little bit of room for a digression here. Yeah, why uh, not? I mean, just uh, back to learning learning to read for yeah. for, for game manuals and stuff. My uncle, um, he gave me this this book. It was like uh, NES Secrets of the Sages. Um, it was just like a, it was a paperback book that was put out. Um, that had partial strategy guides for a bunch of different NES games. I'm talking like Bionic Commando, The Legend of Zelda, Super Mario 3, Ultima, um, okay. you know, so stuff like that. God, if you still have that today, that'd be like worth... Well, it's... <laughs> I don't know if it would be worth it or not, because this thing is literally in shambles. Uh, like, the the, the, <laughs> the binding is all broken. It's bound together with masking tape. Um, it's well-loved. Yeah, it's well loved. There we go. Uh, in fact, I actually have it. I I always have it, you know, nearby because because you know it's it's a, it's a it's a sentimental thing. It's a memento, mm-hmm. right? But um, you know, I got this from my uncle, but I, you know, I didn't really know how to read at that point, or my reading skills weren't that strong. So mm-hmm. instead of like asking to have like you know bedtime stories read to me, you know, Winnie the Pooh or Berenstain Bears or something. <laughs> I would have them read me like, you know, the, the descriptions of the power ups in Mega Man two. Oh, that's hilarious. And my parents, they hated it. They're like, they, we don't understand it, but that was, that was, you know, my bedtime, my bedtime reading, you know, Dude, uh, that's how I learned to tie my shoes. Actually. Did I ever tell you that story? No, no. Oh yeah. Um, a friend's house, he had a computer that had games on it and, and I didn't. So whenever we went over to play, that's, that's all we did. Um, and I was always really sad when it was time to go home. Um, because, you know, I, we were busy playing video games. Um, and so what I decided as a strategy to prolong the time that I could hang out and, and in this case, watch him play mm-hmm. um, was that I, I became very determined. I didn't know how to tie my shoes at the time, but I insisted, no, no, I'm going to learn this. I can do it on my own. And then I just proceed to 
kneel and fiddle with the laces watching him play the game until <laughs> the mom finally got mad and tied my shoes for me and sent me home. <laughs> and I was so pissed off when I finally got it right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Completely on accident. I was like, oh, my shoes are tied. You accidentally learned to tie your shoes. I accidentally, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I like Backfired that. Backfired on me. Oh, well. I wonder. I wonder if my 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 manual fixation is why I really like strategy guides. That could be. I mean, it, obviously, it's you know part of learning to read. That's that's pretty deeply rooted. <laughs> I've got. A, I I recently rearranged. I, I recombined all my books from Cincinnati with all my books up from up here. I have oh. a full bookshelf, not like the you know top top to bottom, but a shelf on a bookshelf mm-hmm. dedicated entirely to strategy guides. Very nice. All yeah. for for games that you will play. Maybe, maybe not ever again. Yeah, some for games I don't even own that I just came across. <laughs> I'm, I am, I am dead serious. I'll post a picture of it on my Tumblr. Okay, uh, you can you can check that out. I'll probably link it in the show notes. So, so that was Deus Ex and our digression about <laughs> about yeah, manuals and stuff. Um, the other things I've been playing, you know, it's 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 older things. I promised I wouldn't talk much more about Final Fantasy twelve. Do it, but I have been playing that a lot. And it's it's kind of sad that 35 hours in is is really where the story is is getting is 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 getting to where like oh everything is settled and I understand the conflict fully whereas most of the stuff up until now has been world building very wow. effective world building because now I care about you know the wars between these two kingdoms and I and I fully understand that my party's role in the middle of them is is uh, is is you know far from secondary even it's just mm-hmm. kind of like okay. These two people are these these two big kingdoms are going to war, and I'm you know we're stuck in the middle of this. What what can we do to try to avert it? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and and that's cool. It's 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 great because it's you know so many of these role playing games they are um, so focused on you know you the universe hangs in the balance and you're the person <laughs> who decides it's fate is kind of like, yeah. you're the only people who can do this. And it's like, Oh, the, 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 the big bad is the, is, you know, somebody from your childhood and you're the only person who can set it right. And this, it's so refreshing. And so like almost adult or mature to be like, no, this is a complicated, you know, set of pol- political almost, uh, circumstances that you're, you know, that, that, that you have minimal influence in, in at best. Oh, that is cool. And your stake in it, it's, you know, it's big to you, but ultimately it, you know, it proves how significant you and, and, you know, the kingdom that you're fighting for are in the grand scheme of things. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, that, that, that's neat from a narrative standpoint. It's sad to say that, you know, it, it took 35 hours to get to that point where I really felt invested in it, <laughs> but Fair enough. And, you know, usually I'm like, oh, this game doesn't respect my time and all of that. But it's not to say that everything up to that point hasn't been compelling. It's just now I understand where the drive of the narrative is going. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So it's 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 in the vein of, of Stella Days where, you know, it's it's very Japanese in, in the timing that it's taking. Yes. It, Fair. Yeah. But you know, I, as I, as I play more, I understand the, I understand the mechanics more. Uh, you know, up up and up until this point, most of my characters they kind of played the same, which is, you know, they're the they will automatically attack whoever I'm attacking, and they will heal themselves when they get below a certain point. But I've decided, you know, who's going to serve what role and who's going to specialize in what weapons as, you know, as as things get more scarce. And it's kind of like, okay, you two are going to be my casters, you two are, you two are going to be my tanks, and you two are going to be my DPS. 
and then developing them out and doing nice. and, and doing that. It makes it difficult to do that because it really does up until that point encourage you to uh, you know roll a party of generalists. But when they give you more kind of specialized equipment, it really it really does benefit you to uh, to at least to you know to, to at least not have everybody use a sword and shield. Right. Is there is there a quote unquote right choice for each person as, in terms of role? Here's how here's how nerdy I am. I looked up um, a, a table of who had what stats um, at level ninety nine. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I ranked all of them, and then I added up like okay, so so who who is best in strength? Who is best in speed? Who is best in magic? You know, who is best in magic? Who has the high, highest MP and all of that? And there the the, the differences are marginal at best between mm-hmm. them. You know the and and it, it's it's easy to tell who who is going to be good at what, except for two two specific uh, exceptions to that, which is the there's one character who starts out with guns, and another character who starts out using bows. But the problem is when they attack. Uh, speaking specifically of Balthier and Fran, if you're if you're if you're in the know, when they when they attack using those weapons, they have a special animation. But the thing is, that special animation is a couple of frames longer than the animation of uh, you know of of the other uh, characters when uh, they use those. So they actually do less damage over time than gotcha. other characters. That is min maxing right there. Yes, it's um, impressive. And this game definitely does encourage it because again. This is what everybody says about it, but it is a single-player MMO. It okay. is a massively single-player single-player offline game. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Um, the only other thing that I will say about it is that um, as I've encountered more of the strange monsters and seen different areas, you know, different parts of the wilderness and different cities, this game is absolutely gorgeous from a from a design standpoint. Like nice. it doesn't even bother me that you know I'm playing it you know four by three aspect ratio it doesn't bother me that I'm playing it, you know uh, it's not high def. The, the 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 so much care has been put in to you know mimicking different kinds of architectural and art styles like the the summon monsters you, you know the what mm-hmm. were the what were they called aeons in Final Fantasy yeah. ten and you know uh, summon you know summon monsters and other ones and then espers and six then there are espers mm-hmm. in this in this one too. Go online and look up, like on Google Image, like Final Fantasy XII Espers, and okay. even some of like the boss designs and the dragon designs. These are really, really awesomely designed enemies. They they just look cool. They look they 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 look like these like intricate baroque creations. No, here we are. Oh wow, these are really cool. Yeah, no, right? Huh? And like you, you most of them are optional. Like you, you know, you 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 would never come across them, and they're like really difficult battles that you do at high level. But uh, oh, really? Yeah, they're like the like the bow. You get the bow, like basically the all the bonus bosses in the game. You get to you know swing to your side, and they fight for you. Nice. Only a couple of them are storyline, which is which is also pretty cool. But I I, I really like it, and you, you know I I know that you feel kind of kind of sour on uh, the series after Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, um, which I'm probably going to move on to after I beat this one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, let me know how long you decide to stay there. I'll be interested to see. Okay, but but I mean, I I I I once again, I heartily recommend it, especially if you are looking for a time sink. I know that you don't have a lot of time to sink, but uh, it's 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 good. I like it a lot. Nice. Yeah. 
And uh, the only other thing, the only other thing I've been playing, haven't been playing a lot of it, um, and it's old enough that it probably wouldn't warrant discussion. Uh, Good old games had a sale on Mist Games this past weekend. Oh yeah! <laughs> Whoa! I never, I've never heard anybody do like a straight up gangsta. Oh yeah, for a point and click adventure game. Before. Yeah, I, I, th- I feel like it would be appropriate for like Monkey Island though. Like, okay, I can see that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you have a history with uh, with Mist Games? Um, just feeling really stupid trying to play the first one. <laughs> <laughs> they had, yeah, uh, Mist, Riven, um, Real Mist, which was the 3D remake of Mist that won't run on my laptop, and I'm kind of angry. Um, and then, uh, Mist Uru, um, they, they were all half off, so I bought all of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I've been playing a little bit of Riven because I can solve Mist in my sleep. Um, yeah. Just, I've memorized all the solutions. I'm not saying that to sound intelligent, which I am, but, you know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, playing a little bit, a little bit of Riven. I'll probably have more thoughts on it later when when we're not doing a quote unquote, uh, you know, abridged version. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still, but, that's uh, that's cool. It's you know, it's interesting to see. I, I feel like maybe it's a going through a phase thing or whatever. But I feel like you know, I'm I'm in a part of my life now. I don't. That that sounds so cheesy. But we're like, I'm just going back through to all these old games and really mm-hmm. enjoying them. You know. Yeah. Maybe it's everything else is so tumultuous right now <laughs> that it's it's nice to be able to have something that reminds you of the good old times. Yeah. No, I can I can believe that. It's comfort, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Because new stuff is scary and new. That was episode number 126 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games and also a bite-sized, fun-sized. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it is not the normal size, but hopefully it was the normal amount of fun. Uh, so what you can do, you can go to duckfeed.tv. From there, you can find a link to our iTunes listing. Uh, while you're there, you can subscribe to us. If you're not subscribed, you can review us if you haven't reviewed and uh, most of all, you can tell your friends about us. Uh, recently on the website, I added two new bits of functionality. If you go to duckfeed.tv slash contact, there is a contact form where if you want to write into the show, uh, you can do that very easily. That goes right to that goes right to me. And we will address uh, you. We will address you on the air if you click the little box that says, hey, I want to be right on the air. That's pretty neat. Um, also, you can subscribe to a mailing list. I haven't sent anything out yet because I'm waiting for more subscribers. Uh, but uh, if you want to subscribe to the email list, there will be a weekly, um, uh, there'll be a weekly uh, little digest version of a lot of this stuff that goes out and lets you know what's new on the network. You know, so we will we will only send you the best penis enlargement emails. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working. I've got a, I've got a special batch brewing in my tub as we speak. All right. Uh, yeah, those are those are things that you can do. But most of all, just keep on listening and keep on coming back. So for DTR, this has been Cole Ross. And Dennis Furia. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go have some fun.